Hi, and welcome to the Canine Translators Podcast. This podcast is dog trainers talking about dog natural training and all things dog behavior. We are your hosts, Tara Sturmer and Laura McClure, head behavior trainers at Canine Working Mind in Austin, Texas. Our goal in this podcast is to help our species understand canine communication and their behaviors. This episode is sponsored by Canine Working Mind, a dog natural training center offering one-on-one sessions, group classes, and more. Visit canineworkingmind.net for more information. That's canine working mind with a K. Good morning. We are happily here on a Thursday morning to chat today about all things puppy. Probably some people's favorite topic. Favorite topic, puppies. 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 Okay. We don't script this, I promise. We don't. <laughs> we don't, obviously, because we're in stereo too much, right? Uh, I got myself a new puppy, and uh, a lot of people tend to get puppies around the holidays. Yeah. Um, just because there's so many unaltered pets. Spanner your pets, by the way. Because we get so many puppies, a lot of times people start off puppies on the wrong foot. Like you said, the holidays are a big time, and that's why like our our puppy power hour has been having like so many puppies yes. in it lately. You're starting that um, puppy the star, puppy star yeah. class and there's like seven or eight puppies in it already. And it's just like, holy crap. And it, and we went with a lull because a lot of people aren't buying puppies right before the holidays because they're saving up money to Hopefully buy they're the puppy. adopting puppies. Um, yeah, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but then plug, plug, plug. after the holidays, there's always a a big upsurge and the need for just anything to deal with puppies. Um, Valentine's Day is usually another time that some people will buy puppies, puppies. to give to their uh, significant other. So it's just super important to try to start your dog off on the right paw pretty much. Uh, so that way you're not feeling like you're playing catch up later in life. Right. You don't want to play catch up. Um, and we want a good well-behaved adult, well-adjusted dog, right? right? So the reason for this podcast is because we want to try to help people get off on the right paw. Having your your puppy and knowing what things you can do, what things to look out for, what is normal, and what is something that you might want to just be mindful of. It's very rare that we see puppies, and we're talking like six months and younger is, is puppies. Right, puppies six months and younger. Yes. A, a pet over six months. They're out they're of the puppy phase. At nine months, they're yeah. out of the puppy phase. But six months, you're done. That window's closed. Yeah. So it's very rare that we see dogs that are under six months that have like intense aggression issues. Super um, rare, but it does happen. It happens. And and you can always hear more about that by going and listening to some of our reactivity versus aggression stuff. Yeah. But it's pretty rare. And most of the time with puppies, you're just dealing with puppy behavior. And there's a lot of people out there that we hear it all the time. This is my first puppy or I haven't had a puppy in a long time. And I don't remember any of this stuff. And what do I do when they are, you know, biting me? Or what should I be doing when they're screaming or potty training and social stuff? Like all of that is extremely important. And for some reason, Tara and I have kept on it every single year we've been doing it because We're every year we brought in a new puppy. I don't know what's wrong with us. Mm. This is because we literally tell everybody, don't it. do what we do. Yep, stop it. It's a 
bad idea, and I can tell you. Well, I got the melted chocolate chip cookie. I'm just going to say I had not had a puppy in a very long time. Yeah. Very long time. Um, and I got him simply because one of my old yeah, colleagues. It was just a happenstance. It, it just and fell in your lap. Six months later, a rescue group yeah. contacted me about Tahoe. Tahoe. Yeah, you got um, Tahoe. And then Mazakine. Yeah, it happened. And then Tony wasn't a puppy. He was 10 months old, Good but Lord. still, Tony he was still under a year. Yes, yes. And now you have Johnny. Yes. So uh, Johnny was actually sought out. But I actually sought after four puppies. Yes. Five new dogs, but four puppies. And unfortunately, I have done the same thing because I hadn't I had never had a puppy myself Uh, as a child. We had had puppies. Forrest was my very first puppy to I'm going to get this dog as as a youngin and I am going to a youngin. Yes. As a youngin. But he was also one that just kind of fell in fell in my lap. I wasn't expecting to get him. And my first puppy was deaf and blind. So yay me. I just wanted to go straight into it. But then we got Kevin like a year later. Mm-hmm. And then Foster Wind. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then we had Fez that came 11 months later. That was not expected either at all. Right. And then we got Gracie. That was expected. That I was, I was kind of looking for a... A small female. So our last puppies are the puppies that we actually sought out. Yes. Um, But the puppies prior, not so much. Not so much, no. Uh, But with every puppy that we crazily uh, uh, gave ourselves, we follow the same timeline. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of things we try to put into it. And it's pretty obvious with, with the dogs, whether it's in like my pack, I can say, or with some of our clients, if you've missed out on certain things, right, you can tell right away of like, okay, this is something that I didn't hit enough, right, or I wasn't able to get them exposed to enough or practice enough in this stage. And it's very apparent once they get out of this stage, what was missing. First and foremost, I'm just going to say play has to happen every day. Yeah. Play has to happen every day. Easy to do with a pup. Most people get a pup in the first week or two. They're like, oh, my puppy, my puppy, my puppy. But then by the third or fourth it week, off. it starts to wear off. And, oh, I have things that I have to do. Not advised. Yeah, You have a puppy. That dog needs to have play every day. And that doesn't have to be like two hours of no. play. Like five minutes or less minutes. each time. But couple minutes. multiple times per day. And good play with a baby is hide and seek, fetch. Good tug, not yeah. bad tug, good tug. Yeah. Bad tug would be pulling the dog. Taking it all around, and throwing them, them around. Their, not That's not okay. Yeah. Uh, safe puppy toys, not shoes. <laughs> Don't give your dog shoes. Uh, I got a really funny puppy story that I, I so- want to share about Johnny too because when we had I, a shoe incident last night. Yikes. When I got Fez and his uh, previous owners gave me his toys that he had had, one of his toys was a sock. Mm. Just tied in a knot. And I was not like, okay. no, like I'm not going to teach Fez to, and try a lot to of, no wonder he was eating your stuff. <laughs> right. So, and a lot of people uh, don't, don't think about that, but what you're imprinting at that young age is it's okay to eat my socks. It's okay to eat my socks. It's okay to eat my shoes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not, that's not okay, y'all. So not okay. Some stuffed animals are okay. I give my dog some stuffies. This, Especially this, as a puppy. Right. Yeah. As a puppy, they need to, they need to most times to snuggle up or 
squish something yeah. or, you know, they have a little bit of fun. It's okay, but make sure that it's a safe toy. Yeah. That they're not going to take off the eyes or, you know. Rip apart, uh, eat the fluff those, very easily. Yeah. Right. With itty bitty puppies that are under three months, they tend to not destroy stuffed toys. Yeah. Right. They just have fun with them. But they it's still, it's just still watching because it's just making sure that if there are pieces that can fall off or that can get loose, that you're always, again, you're just monitoring because you're involved in the right. play. It's not, I'm just going to shove you over here on the side of the I room. Give you a pacifier. Yeah, and have you just do that while I do my thing and I don't really want to have to interact. Then don't get a puppy. Engage with the puppy. <laughs> if you're not going to engage with them, don't get the puppy. Right, if you don't have time, don't get the puppy. It's not going to help the puppy or you when that puppy reaches sexual peak at 14 to 18 months old. Because that's when big problems start happening. And, yeah. you know, everything that we're telling you today is for babies, but it will help when you do get to the sexual peak area. Yeah. With a puppy, the best way to start is by having a schedule. Don't just think you can have just nothing and just willy-nilly go for it. You need to have some sort of schedule that you can try to keep that puppy on that's going to help with housebreaking. That's going to help with just general behavior. It's going to help with sleeping patterns uh, for you as well. Right. Uh, and, and all of that, because it's only going to set them up for success if you have a good schedule that includes some like practice with simple commands, maybe some work, and then play. Right. I mean, one of the biggest things that we do with our puppies is we do set a, such a such a schedule yeah. um, that they're housebroken. Yeah. Early very on. Quickly. Very quickly. They're early on housebroken. One of the comments that one of our host family members had mentioned at a court, we work with a court assistance facility dogs. One of them mentioned the best thing in the world was getting a four-month-old puppy that was housebroken. Yeah, because they had been staying with us. Those puppies you heard in the background in previous episodes, they were they were housebroken by the time we sent them to the host families right. for that, that program. Because they were set on a schedule and we made sure that we kept to the schedule. Yeah. And if we, Laura and I, were not hands-on, then our staff members also were hands-on right. and kept to the schedule. We actually have OCD boards written out that yep. said, you know, walk the puppies here, clean the puppies here, feed the puppies here. Yep. And we have that for clients that come here. We'll yes. literally send them a a mock schedule to help with housebreaking um, just because a lot of people struggle with it. And, you know, we tell you don't have to. It's not set in stone. You can make it work for your schedules at home. But this is some a mock just version. Just a general, gen so a general can, idea. Yeah. Understand yeah. what it is because a lot of people, they don't. They think that as a puppy, they should be able to just hold it, and they can't. Right, they can't. And then people get mad, and then puppies go, oh, my God, they're mad at me. Or they do the unforgiving, I'm going to grab the puppy and shove its nose, and it's accident. Y'all, I'm going to say that old-school negative technique is basically showing the dog where to go every time you do it. So a lot of times we hear, well, the puppy always goes in the same spot every time. Yeah. Right. Because you keep bringing it back and to the spot, vilifying. This is yeah. where you go. Yeah, but then at the same time you're angry, and so then it's kind of like you're you know, unstable. You're an unstable pack member. You can't protect them. We're already starting off on a bad foot. Right. So best thing to do is set a schedule. You know, with a with a baby that's eight weeks old, you gotta you have you're to going have out like every, every 30, minutes. thirty minutes almost, like constantly, like 
we were having um, during our sessions, it would be we would have an hour session, puppies go outside. Next session, puppies go outside. Right. Like it was literally every hour, hour yep. and 15 minutes, they were going outside and going to the bathroom. And guess what? They went every time they yep. would go. They every would. Every time. And if they're playing, they're going to be active. They're going to go 30 they're minutes. They're going to need to go. Every 30 minutes if yeah. they're really active. And when they're eating, typically what we do is we wake up, obviously, a lot during the night because we want to make sure our pups are successful. We but had alarms set. Geez, we do. Phone, phone alarms are set. And we get up when the alarm goes off and take the puppies out. No, it's not fun, but it's a newborn and we took on the responsibility. I would never have left my kids in dirty diapers. I'm not going to leave a puppy in a dirty potty pad. One. Two, I don't want the puppies to think that potty pads are the best place to go because then when they get older. If anybody has carpet. Carpet. Feels like a potty pad. Lots of people always say their dogs always use the bathroom on their rugs. Or on the carpet, yeah. the bathroom. I mean, mats. I I go so far as taking uh, fake grass, astroturf, mm-hmm. not fake grass, but astroturf squares. Home Depot, you can get them at Home Depot. I yeah. literally had them in the back of my car, so yeah. the dogs didn't have to go. If I had to take the puppies someplace with me, I didn't have to pull over on the side of the road where I don't know what type of dogs tracked yeah. through there. Yeah, right. Because you have to be careful of their health. And I don't want them around, you know, dogs that may not have been vaccinated or they might have worms. Here in Texas, Parvo There's is rampant. Kind of so, stuff, yeah. you know, for me, I would take, I would go and buy fake AstroTurf, put it in the back of my SUV. And yeah, it looks silly. But guess what? The pups were yep. immediately uh, housebroken. And it's helpful if you live in like an apartment or you're like on like the 15th floor of your high-rise apartment. You it's going to smell like grass, yeah. though, not that fake stuff. Go get some AstroTurf and put it at, you know, put it in. Uh, if you have like a patio or something like that, you could have it outside if you don't want to have it in the house. But um, if you don't have that, then have it in, in their pen or something. I know something, it sounds something. weird, y'all, but it but is you're a literally quick... teaching them to go on the grass. Right. It's a quick way to get them to go to the bathroom in the appropriate places and having a schedule. You know, I would get up in the morning first thing, Take the puppies out. Let them go to the bathroom on leash. Why? Yes. Because if I don't have them on leash, they're going to go and play with every worm, distracted. ant, bug, whatever yeah, that's outside. So if I stand in one spot and just keep repeating my phrase. Now, I do use cues. I say go pee and we say finish up for pooping. So if I go outside, I say go pee. If they do go pee, good pee. I make a big stink about it. Yeah. And then I stand still for a couple more minutes. Normally, when a puppy wakes up, they have to poop. And a lot of the times, it, it they do get distracted. So a lot of people will get very upset of like, we were outside and the moment we came in, they went to the bathroom in the house. And it's like, well, they probably forgot about going to the bathroom because the grass smelled so great or it was right. windy. So they were, you know, playing in the wind. Right. Literally. And, you know, and a lot of a lot of puppies pee twice, y'all. This is the yeah. biggest problem with most peeing they, accidents. Yeah. They go more we, than once when they're outside. Somebody takes a puppy outside, they go pee, and they run right back inside. One, you're running right back inside, so your dogs are going to learn to delay their pee. Yeah. So I don't want to go right back inside. I'm going to mill around and sniff around a little bit more. Yeah. Be boring in the beginning, stand out there, wait for them to pee twice. And then go back inside. Now, I always make it a a playtime after a dog potties. And again, play is essential with a pup. So right after they go to the bathroom, I would be outside with them and I would play with them. I might throw a ball. I might start making them chase me because I want a better recall when the dog gets older. 
but I always play afterwards. And so it, my it pups because then then they, they right want to go fast because then they get to play. Right. The reward is play after using the bathroom. There's no play until potty happens. And if you let them go potty and then bring them right inside, a lot of dogs will hold it because they don't want to go back inside. That's boring. That's boring. What's the reward in that? I go back inside. You're going to put me in a crate or I'm going to be bored because you're going to go to work. Make the time. It's only two or three minutes of play. That's all they need at that age. They're young. Yeah. Two or three minutes of getting engaged in play. So it's really exciting to go outside potty quickly to get into involved in play. And then you're you're setting them up for success once you go in the house. And if you do, you know, if they're feeding or if they, you notice that they just drank a bunch of water, like Gracie is like clockwork. You can, you take her outside and she'll go pee. But then if we're about to have mealtime, then she's not going to go poop because she wants, she knows it's almost mealtime. But the moment she's eaten, she has to go right back outside because she's yep. going to have to go potty. And Winx is the same way. Chihuahuas tend to be that way, <laughs> um, which is why it's so hard to housebreak them. Right? Yeah, the small dogs. Everybody just, they they say how difficult it is for the Chihuahuas, the Yorkies, the ter- the small terriers. Mm-hmm. They always complain about them constantly having access. I know it's feeding time. I'm not going to poop. I want to eat. And yeah. then right afterwards, they poop. They got to go. Yeah. yeah. You know, for puppies, it's kind of the same thing. We usually, right after they eat, if the puppy is about eight to nine weeks, they'll pretty much poop within 10 minutes of them eating. But as they get older, you can go within 30 minutes and they're going to have to poop. And so we we usually will, um, Gracie is the one that she has the least amount of food as the tiniest dog in my pack. And she eats it all. So then immediately she goes outside. My wife will take her outside usually while I stay and monitor the rest of the pack that's still eating. And then Gracie isn't distracted by siblings. Right. And she just ate, so she's got full belly, and and now she'll go potty. And sometimes that helps with puppies if you have other dogs to take them out. By themselves. By themselves, because siblings are exciting. (laughs) And so they don't want to go to the bathroom. They want to play with their siblings. And I'm going to say the reason siblings are more exciting than us humans is because they do play. Yeah. That's why we keep stressing play has to happen. And so having the schedule, taking them outside on leash, not just letting them go crazy and have all that freedom because they are going to get distracted and you are going to have accidents. I mean, if you're doing that, then I I haven't ever used puppy pads with my my pups, but that's because they were on such a very strict schedule. So then I don't have the issue of the carpets. The only dog I had that issue with was Fez. And that's because his previous owners had used Used puppy pads. And so then if he had an accident, it was always on my carpet because that's where he thought he was supposed to go. Right. Um, It made him have issues with if I put a towel or a blanket in his kennel, he would go on it because it was soft like a puppy pad. And they had used them a lot in his kennels and around the house. Mm -hmm. And so then he just thought, this is what we do. And it took me a long time to get him to realize that's not what we're doing. He was the one that gave me the hardest time only because I didn't get to start his potty training. Always make sure that if you are in the situation where you need to use puppy pads, and I'm going to say John's litter was I mean, there were eight of them. They were four and a half weeks old when we first got them. So they were too young um, to to not use wee-wee pads. But... I'm going to say at seven weeks old, we took the wee-wee pads out. We literally started, instead of having 
the entire pen covered with puppy pads. I had one puppy pad and then they started going on the puppy pad. And then I just took them out completely and we started getting them outside on the hour or yeah. on the half hour the at schedule. that point. And we didn't have a problem after it that. Was, it was all about the schedule at that point. So the housebreaking stuff is usually something a lot a lot of people struggle with. Um, and, and the big key is just have a schedule and then just make a point to have the reward of play after going potty. And don't leave a whole bowl of food out for the puppy all day long. One kibble is enough to stay in a little puppy's intestines to n- make it need to pee. Yeah. Or even a whole full bowl of water. Gracie doesn't have water that's kept in her kennel overnight because I know she would just drink all of it and then have to pee in the middle right. of the night. Fez doesn't either, but that's because his bladder is the size of a peanut. Right. But he, like Johnny, you know, he's <laughs> he's not uh, he's not even six months old yet, but he's got a water bucket in his kennel during the day. But it does At come out it comes overnight out because they, you know, they're likely to drink all of it of like I wake up and I'm just going to. Drink a whole bunch of water, but then I'm going to have to pee in about a half hour. And you might have the opposite problem if you do withhold water from your dogs in the kennels. And I'm going to say we've seen a lot of that. If you don't give them free access to water in the kennel during the day, you have to be careful because when they come out, it becomes a resource because I don't get free access to water. I have have to drink it till it's gone. So it's making a point of if it's. The daytime where you can watch them, again, if I'm putting in a a bowl of water in the kennel, you know, I might fill it halfway because I can kind of monitor that intake of the water. And especially because a lot of puppies are also apt to play in the water bowl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So because it's fun. Um, So then it's just it's just monitoring and making sure that you're you're watching all of that stuff. I'm going to keep reiterating that dogs need to have play. Puppies need to have play. But. Play should not include roughhousing, rolling them around, wrestling, no, pinning them on their back. Y'all cut it out. Yeah, you're immediately already teaching them an inappropriate way. And you're also teaching them that they have to be less than you at a young age. That's not okay. My dogs have never thought that they were less than me. Chasing the puppy. Don't chase the puppy, but make the puppy chase you. Yeah, the best game that we we play um, is running around the island and Gracie or any of our puppies, they would chase after us. Oh, yeah. Johnny, I'm going to say he's going to be my hardest at at recall, without a doubt, because (laughs) he's following his nose already. But if I stop and look at him and go, fine, see ya, and I run like a lunatic with a high-pitched squeal, let me tell you what, as silly and stupid as I look, that puppy will always chase me. Yeah. <laughs> Gracie is the, you know, if she's getting interested, uh, my wife decided to just say, bye-bye. Yeah. And she just start walking off and be like, bye-bye. Right. And then Gracie was like, wait, no, no. Right. Have the puppy chase you. The more it chases you, the more solid your recall will be. Okay. The more you chase the puppy, the more recall becomes a game. Yeah. If I wait, you'll chase me. And that's how we had fun when I was a puppy. So don't let them do that. Yeah. And obedience wise, recall is going to help with your obedience in general. So it's something you want to start right away. And it's a great way for them to start learning their name. Yes. Is by practicing with recall or you say their name and they look at you. Yeah. Good job. Immediate praise. And then you can be practicing that recall because even if you get a puppy at eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, they can still start learning some obedience and some commands. And that doesn't mean you need to throw 12 commands at them at one time. Focus on two, three things 
Right. Um, and it might literally start off with name recognition. Right. <laughs> That's what we started off with all of our puppy. Well, except Forrest, because he can't hear his name. He doesn't even know his name. Right. But that's what we, I mean, we literally start that at eight weeks. We we start immediately trying to get get the name and get them to chase us. We do crate training and potty training. Crate is necessary, y'all, for a puppy. Mm -hmm. If you want the puppy to be safe, they're going to chew stuff. I mean, I got blessed. Some some time. I was blessed with uh, Tahoe. As intense and persistent as that pup was, she was never ever a destroyer of furniture cars yes yes but not furniture right I so think vincenzo was the one that vincenzo, would my melted chocolate chip would angel on your furniture would lay on the couch he, and not then on your table like like he was eating a snack while i was watching tv he would <laughs> chew on my end table yes he would just <laughs> chew on it while he was watching tv with me he wasn't he was a, a mouthy pup yes but yeah. tahoe was great never touched anything she shouldn't have yeah. aside from my car seat but that kind of was my fault. And I, I took her out of the crate way too early in the car. Johnny, that boy, the lab or the hound in him, not sure which it is, but boy, that guy is putting his mouth on everything. Yeah, his name right now is Johnny. What's in your mouth? What? Johnny, is in drop it. Your mouth. Please, that might kill you. Stop it. Yes. <laughs> so he's on a leash so I yeah. can monitor. And if I am not monitoring him, he is in a crate because I know he is the dog that will kill himself or have to have four obstruction surgeries before yeah. he's two if I didn't watch him. Yeah, a lot of people will will ask, well, should I put them in a crate? I feel bad about putting them in a crate. What if I just use a pen? I use crates right off the bat. Right like, off the I'm bat, I do too. immediately start using crates. They're going to start sleeping in their crate. Crate is nap time. Crate is going to be for... You need a break because you're being so crazy that because you're so overtired that you need a nap. Sometimes I might need a break. So that means you need to go in your crate. But it also teaches them how to take breaks. And uh, most dogs that we see nowadays don't understand um, how to turn off. That's a big problem. Uh, you, You might have it with your adult dog. You're walking and your dog see something and there's just no way you can break its focus from it. That's because yeah. they don't have a turnoff switch. Using a crate can help that early on and taking frequent breaks. We have a lot of clients that have puppies that go, oh my God, thank you for telling me I can use the crate during the day, even if so I'm many, home. So I'm many like, people say just that do it. They, they shame it or something. So, yeah. I mean, my own mom didn't like using the crate for Gracie's sister and she was under six months and she was like, I'm just going to leave her and let her have free reign with with Tucker, the adult dog, and when she came back and a bed had been defluffed all over yes. her living room. And I was like, she could have eaten some of that, and then you would have had to have an obstruction surgery. Thousands of dollars for an obstruction surgery. Now yep. she's in the crate. And Johnny, I'm going to tell you, without a doubt, would do it. He is a mouthpiece. Yeah. He is a, a mouth with legs, is yeah. what he is. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, just, it's just for their own safety, but also... Yeah, it's, that's his new nickname. It's, again, um, part of that... that uh, schedule we talked about like for the pups with Forrest man he was just all over the place so he would get to come out of his kennel and he would only last about an hour before he would become a complete just asshole <laughs> to me yep. to the other dogs I'm gonna bite all the things and I mean he's an Aussie too so I mean that's just his personality of of being hey, now, crazy. Don't you hey. be talking bad about my little boy. 
he would be out for about an hour. When we first got him, he was three months old and he would be out for about an hour. And then he would go in the crate and he would cry for about two minutes and then he would pass out, pass out. And he would sleep for like four hours. And then I would go let him out and he would last about an hour and then he would go back. And And that was his schedule. Some dogs have a high persistence like that. Johnny can stay out with me on a leash. And I'm going to say, He's not six months yet, but he's still on a leash with me yeah. because I need to keep an eye on the mouth with legs. Yeah. So Tahoe, I couldn't do that with. I had to get her to go in her crate and take naps. She had to take a lot of naps. Yeah. She would, even on a leash, she yeah. was, I mean, off the charts. And if she got overtired, it was, I'm going to dig into your legs mm-hmm. with my paws. I will jump on you and bite your arms or your sides because she had such high persistence. Yeah. And that's, she needed naps just like Forrest and Forrest, he was on a leash with me, um, but he would try to eat the leash. And so he's the one I actually got like a very small, like two foot little chain leash. Only the handle was not chain. And that's what I would have because he would start trying to eat through the leash. And I was like, all right, this is, I'm not buying a million leashes here. Um, So I just went and got this small little, not clunky, but small little chain leash. And he tried to chew it, and then he was like, well, this isn't working. And it actually helped solve my issue of him trying to chew through regular leashes when we were out and about, because now he just thinks that leashes are not chewable. Right. And, (laughs) you know, these are things, while it can be annoying to have your puppy on a leash with you when they're not in a crate. um, Now, of course, for stuff, though, you know, Johnny and Tahoe are not on a leash in my house if I am engaging in a training session or a play session. But if I want to sit down and I want to have a relaxing time, my pups are on leash. And it's just, it's helpful for making sure they're safe. It's helpful for building a bond as well between you and the new puppy. And protecting your adult dogs from the little mouth with legs. From the little yappy mouth. Yeah, because Gracie's in that like, I want to chase around and and go after. and, And she is, she's on a leash. Right. Um, So really important. They are going to be mouthies because they're teething. Their teeth are coming in, so they're going to need some items. I really, really like the hard rubber Kong stuff for pups because it soothes their mouths when they chew. I do use Nyla bones. I have some of the puppy Nyla bones. Yeah, puppy Nyla bones. Bark box, uh, we're not paid to advertise for them. But I'm going to say... Y'all, it is worth the subscription. Yeah. The Super Chewer Bark Box is what we get, and it is phenomenal. The toys that come in there are durable, even for the heavy mouth dogs like I have in my pack. And it it works out really well. And uh, with the puppy toys, like I've gotten those puppy toys, and I would say most of my pups started getting more mouthy around like four months-ish is when they started getting a little bit more mouthy and like, whether that was with me or the other dogs or just chewing on like the furniture or cords or whatever. It was literally like, please don't chew on that. It will electrocute you. You got it until four months? Good um, Lord, yeah. Johnny is an early learner. Yeah, no, he started being mouthy early. But <laughs> most of mine was starting the mouthiness in that I'm going to chew on all the things around four months. And it lasted until about six months or so when, once all their teeth came in. Like Gracie is six months and she still has some of her baby teeth, I can look in and I can literally see the adult teeth and the baby teeth still there. So um, she's still hurting in at certain times. And it's just 
it hurts. Their mouth hurts. So give they them need something. To chew. Don't yeah. withhold stuff to chew. And, you know, I do, like I said, I really love the bark box. That's all I get from my dogs is the yeah. bark box. And it works wonders. Those those gnawing actions help your pup to release that pressure on their mouth. So it's yeah. a good thing to use, okay? But let them have something to gnaw on. Otherwise, they are going to gnaw on something else. And yes, they still will if you have a pup like my little mouth on legs. John will, if he, even though there's toys, if he is by a table and it's there, he's going to try to chew on the legs. So my job as a pet parent is to redirect. Yep. As soon as I see him put his mouth towards the table of the leg or the side of the couch, I say, no bites. And I hand him this toy. Have this instead. Like yesterday, the funny story I was going to say, I was sitting in my gaming chair because I really enjoy that gaming chair now. Sitting in my chair, relaxing, and Johnny was laying on the dog bed with, you know, all of his toys surrounding him because it was toy box time, which means I don't leave the toys out all the time. Mm -hmm. He's got toys in his crate, but I don't leave the toys out in my living room all the time. I pick them up and we call it toy box time. Two or three times a day, we have playtime where mom engages with the pups with toys. Of course, yesterday I was tired. It was raining. I was sitting in my gaming chair. He was on the dog bed with his toy. And I looked over and he's got Lillian's croc in his mouth <laughs> and he was just staring at me. And I said, don't chew that. And I, I kid you not. I love this puppy. He looked at me, let it go and then opened his mouth over it like he would. And I said, don't do that. <laughs> and he got up and went to go get a toy. So, you know, little baby genius that I have, I don't have to go and chase him because since he's eight weeks old, I say, don't chew that. And I give him a new toy. So yesterday proved that's why we do it. Yeah. I did not have to get up. I literally had a full on conversation with my mouth saying, hey, don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't because that's what I say. Don't chew that. I literally said it to him and I did not have to get up and take it away. He just just dropped it it and went to his toy because that's what I have been doing consistently since he's eight weeks old. Something else when it comes to toys, you know, if your other dogs are out, Don't let your puppies just go up and take the toys from the adults. Right. You know, like I've been having to watch Gracie like crazy because she does. She just wants to go up and, hey, I want that. And she takes it. And I have to immediately, no, ma'am, that is not what we're doing. And she has to give that toy back just like a child would have to. Right. Because while your adult dogs might be okay, or a lot of people say like, well, if they were upset, then they could just correct the puppy. Like the dog should just correct them. And, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, they do correct them, but it's not that bad. And, you know, they want them to establish that. But unfortunately, like with puppies, yes, your adult dogs may let them get away with it, or they might give a minor correction while they're babies. But then again, like we were talking about earlier, when they hit sexual peak, It's not going to be nice. Right. At nine months is usually when the adult dogs are going, you're over. I'm over this. And you're not a puppy anymore. Mom's not doing anything. So I must. Yeah. She's told me that your whole childhood. So now it's my turn. Yeah. Right. So don't let it happen. You get involved. Get involved in that. Don't let the adult dogs overcorrect or correct. I mean, honestly, in general. You are going to, every once in a while, it's going to happen. You know, every once in a while, I don't get to Johnny before he jumps on top of Vincenzo. And Vincenzo just lowers his head and goes, oof, 
He doesn't do anything because he's a melted chocolate chip cookie. But even still, that to me is a fail on my part because yeah. I didn't get there quick enough. It's happened twice with Ben where Gracie or Fez, I don't remember. I think it was Fez the other day because Fez was trying to, he was trying to find a, a way to lay next to Ben in the sun. He wanted to cuddle with him and sunbathe at the same time, but he was just, uh, he's just very awkward. He's just an awkward dog. Uh, and an adorable He's just awkward. narrow brain, awkward dog. Yes. <laughs> his whole body is just like vacuum sealed. His organs are all vacuum sealed. So he struggles. But Benjamin got frustrated with him because I, I think he stepped on him or something. He wasn't doing anything rude, but but Benjamin let him know, like, like I'm done. And like gave one bark and then was like walked off. And I looked over and I was like, well, Fez, what, what are you doing? And he's just looking at me like, oh, man. But for me, I mean, my heat rock, I know. Yes. (laughs) But for me, it was like I I didn't even notice that Ben was getting upset because Fez wasn't necessarily doing anything on purpose. Again, it's just you have to be mindful when you have multiple dogs. It's like, well, crap. Okay, I got to watch Fez even when he's just standing next to Ben because he probably stepped on him multiple times. I don't think Johnny stays still that long. So I don't. Well, that's that's just Fez. Gracie doesn't stay still. No, Gracie's a little lightning. She, she's a little lightning bolt. <laughs> lightning bolt, that little girl. So, crate or no crate, use a crate. What about a pen? What do you think about the play pens that people use? So, <laughs> I'm not a fan. <laughs> no. Um, I, I'm going to, because you brought it up and you just showed me a picture. Uh, so, Laura's wife is at PetSmart today and sent her a picture of a doggy play pen that has a doggy door. Of course, I looked at this thing and I immediately said, we are the laziest species in the world. Can't even open a pen door. What the hell is the point in a dog pen if it has a doggy door? One. Two, that three calories it takes to unlock a doggy pen. Yeah, man, it's a lot. It's too too hard. Lazy. (laughs) I can't believe how lazy our species is. Yeah. But one, I'm not a big fan of puppy pens because it's still, you know, for a playpen, but for a shutoff spot, they're not going to shut off. You, you know, need to have the crate. If you're going to have a playpen, I feel like if you have a crate that you're putting them in to take a nap, closing that door and they're taking a nap, not just letting them run around in that playpen until they literally just fall over somewhere. Right. They're not they're not going to sleep because they're Shutting off in time. Really, like and they're shutting off. It's they're going to sleep because they ran themselves to the point where they're exhausted. Yeah. And they're learning how to run themselves to a point where they're exhausted, which yeah. at nine months at 90 pounds, that's not gonna be fun. No, 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 no. So I mean, with um with Kevin, which Kevin completely spoiled us when it comes to puppies. And, yeah, you and just that. got a I know golden child. But we have uh we had a pen for Kevin that Kelly would have next to the chair. So that way um, she could monitor him, but he was always next to her. She had a little dog bed in there. Um, and so, like I said, if you can't keep him on a leash, that's yeah. okay. She was, But she was there to be able to monitor right. at the same time versus like, here, just go in there and entertain but yourself because you I don't have time. still should use a crate. Yeah. And that's the thing is Kevin had his pen, his pen in our living room and then he had his crate that was for his actual nap times and bedtime. If you can't keep your pup on a leash for whatever reason, a playpen is a good area to play, but it's yeah. not a good area to use as 24-7 a constant, crate, right? Like, don't, this is the only thing they have. Right, don't do that. 
put them in a crate so they can shut down and go to yeah. sleep on a schedule. Yeah. Your schedule. You have to remember this is going to be the adult dog schedule as well. And if you have them in a puppy playpen instead of a crate, when you can say, hey, it's time to go to sleep, yeah. the puppy is not going to sleep the way you prefer when it gets older. So playpens are fine for that without the doggy door. Y'all, that is the laziest damn thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Open the lock. It's pretty funny. Uh, and great at night, those puppies, they need to be able to actually sleep because when they are cranky, it's not fun right. if they haven't gotten enough sleep. And 95% of our puppy clients say at 8 or 9 o'clock, our puppies become demons. They yeah. start running around getting zoomies and biting. Why? Y'all, your puppy is not getting scheduled enough sleep. They're yeah. overtired. And when my kids were younger and they didn't want to go to bed still, I'm going to say I still have the problem with Lillian. If Lillian is overtired and she is not in bed, she is a sassy little thing. <laughs> go to bed. You need a nap. Right. Go to bed. Right. So same thing with a pup. It's really important that they do go down for naps. In their crate, not in your bed. Right. In their crate. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, we're, I know we're running out of time here, but socialization is super, super important. And I'm going to say, for me, socialization is the biggest focus. Basic obedience and socialization before the age of six months, for me, ideal. That's yep. how we yeah. get our dogs to be work dogs. I don't stop training with my pups. Yep. John, every one of my pups, but John in particular right now, he's the newest, so we'll talk about him. The melted chocolate cookie Vinny is the way he is because that's all I did was train with him. Yeah. I trained, I played, I trained, I played. That's it. So we have a great bond because of that. And John and I have a really great bond at this point. He's not even six months old. But socialization, meaning different items, different people, different animals, different surfaces. A I lot mean, of people don't think about the floors and right. stuff. Thinking about the different floors, not just carpet tile, but like different colored floors. And this goes on not just until they're six months. You shouldn't stop doing this at the six-month mark. Yeah. You should still do it because you're not going to hit there. every single thing that you're going to come up with, mm -hmm. right? So for us, you know, the one of the things we do on our service dog is the blow-up wiggly men yeah. that you might see on the street. We yeah. have a little junior blow-up wiggly man in the middle of the class because— a lot of adult dogs are terrified of it. Because yeah. how often do you walk past yeah, that thing? See that stuff, whether it's like at a at a store, but also think about like if you have a puppy, if you're getting a puppy now, well, come Halloween and Christmas time when people have all that stuff in their yard, your dog is, stuff. is literally going like, what in the hell is happening right. in the yard? Right. Like, bring why around, is that giant? <laughs> bring them around everything and anything. Everything yeah. and anything. That's why I in our- stress that enough. In our classes, we have- all sorts of things all over the ground, things silver that silver insulation stuff. Yes. You know, the it's not it's not real insulation, it's the silver stuff. Yeah. Because it's shiny. And yeah. the the puppies might be afraid to step on something shiny. It's getting them comfortable with like umbrellas or people yes. wearing hats and sunglasses, right. big old jackets. Wheelchairs and, at that young age. Yeah. Anything that you can expose Crutches. them to. The more like with Forrest, even though he couldn't walk around yet because he didn't have all his vaccines. We would go in the shopping cart and we would just roll around everywhere to go check everything out as much as we possibly could because I didn't want I wanted him to be totally OK with right. everything. It's really, really important that you do get them as much socialization as possible. And, you know, you're never going to get everything your dog will see in their life. You'll yeah. never you'll never touch upon all of that. If you do, kudos. Tell me how you did it. 
You're never going to get that. So, but do as much as you can. You can try to make things less scary. Like, especially like the vet and stuff. If you go to the vet often, go more so than your shots. Like every time I go to the vet right now with all of my dogs, I will take Gracie. And Gracie goes with me every single time because I want to make sure that she's going and not every time she goes, is she going to be pinched and poked and prodded and violated? Um, And she makes friends with all the people there. She loves it there. She, and she's not worried about it. And then when we're at home, you know, we practice stuff. We practice where, you know, I, I hold her face or I look in her ears or, you know, not just grabbing at things. I'm literally telling her what we're doing, um, but I'm just getting her comfortable with that kind of stuff, which a lot of people think about. A lot of people don't take them to those places right? unless they have to go. Right. Uh, you know, the only time I'm going to go to the vet is when the dog gets shots. Right. Yeah. I or mean, they're sick. And it's just like, then, of course, their dog doesn't care for the vet when they're older. Right. We went this morning just to get a weight at uh, Dr. Jess's yeah. to get a heartworm because I can't get a full amount. He just keeps exploding in growth. <laughs> uh, but we went it's to just, the vet. Yeah, so just what making it less scary. We went in. He had a blast. He went in there. He was like, woohoo, this is my fun place. Yeah. Jumped on the scale because it's fun. Right. It's not a scary thing that might eat him. You know, he gets to see other dogs. He gets to see people. Some of the things that you can think about that's odd, right? Yeah. Uniforms. They they come dogs out and worry about heavy shoes and yeah. uniforms so much when they're adults. Get them around something like that. You see yeah. an officer. Go Go up up. and don't go too close because (laughs) they might get worried about you doing something. But, you know, talk to them. See if they'll touch your dog. I'm going to say I love my police officers and my firefighters. They love to go. And and here in Austin, because there's construction everywhere, you might be walking somewhere and there might be construction workers. You know, you can see if they'll meet your dog, if they're comfortable meeting your dog. And it's just only it's only going to help not just with meeting new people, but again, people that look different right or smell different because they have been working outside or they're in the medical field or any of that kind of stuff right because it's also the sense that you're trying to get them more comfortable with car washes car washes i've taken all my dogs in a car wash i think it's so fun you know if you can schools if you can yeah you know or somewhere that you you can get the puppy around kids yeah if you can't go to a school in your area, maybe go to like a, a park or something. Or some Don't of- be the creepy person with the puppy saying, hey, I have a puppy. Come and pet it. Yeah. Go and talk to the parents, please. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say I'm if you to came up to my child, my that way I'd probably yeah. assault you. But <laughs> yeah, just go up to the parent. I'm trying to socialize my puppy. Would right. your kids be interested in saying hello while I'm here with you? Right. So, <laughs> you know, I love, love, love going to shopping areas like strip malls. I love going to them. I don't go shopping because I hate it, but I love going to those areas because yeah. there's so many different people. Yeah. And so many different sights yeah. and sounds that I can go and walk around. Just walking in the front of the stores is enough. For yeah. your for your dog yeah, to we get took, social skills. We took Gracie to the outlet mall where, yeah. you know, crap ton of people, kids running around. They have the little push. Johnny went things. to the outlet mall too, only only to protest the well, pet store. <laughs> I went there and but we we were behind schedule. So with our hero Susan, who yeah. hopefully we'll have on here soon. Uh, a lot of the puppy stuff is just getting them to be prepared and, right. and trying to set them up for success. You know, some of the things of like I'm okay with my puppy jumping on me, but then when they're 90 pounds, you might not be. So don't let 
them. And you might be okay with it, but are you going to be okay with it if your elderly parents or grandparents? Five year old, if you want them to meet a child, are you going to be okay if they jump on the child? Right. Think of these things in advance, is all we say. We usually will say, like, four months is the cutoff. 16 weeks is where we cut off the, if there's unwanted behaviors when they're older, we're going to cut those behaviors off. At 16 16 weeks. weeks. I don't want to pick up my pup past 16 weeks because I don't want my pup thinking that I'm going to continue to do that. And being in my arms or jumping on me is a good thing. 16 weeks is when, you know, if the puppy puts its mouth on me, I'm going to say, hey, that's not a good idea. Here's a toy. Here's a toy. Why don't you sit? And then I'm going to give you something else. If, you know, you're picking your puppy up, then at 16 weeks, start letting them use all four legs. They have four legs. You have two. They can do more steps than you. And then if they are very jumpy, then at 16 weeks, I'm not going to give you affection when you're jumping on me. Right. You know, because I don't want that to become a habit. Right. So all of these things we hope are helping with the idea of what we would recommend with pups. And obviously there is so much more that we yeah, can discuss Yeah, if you have more puppies. questions, if you have other questions, because... There's so many things that go. We could have multiple episodes on puppies. And one of the subscription episodes that we're going to have is all about how we prepare a puppy for service dog or therapy dog work. So just so you know, one of our subscription episodes coming up will be all about Tara's timeline. (laughs) Puppy timeline. Puppy timeline. Breaking that down a little bit. But if you do have questions specifically for puppy phases or things you can do or or just general questions about puppies, send them to us and, and we'll definitely uh, try to hit upon that stuff. Rock on. And we always appreciate y'all listening. Don't forget, if you have any questions, shoot us an email. Spay and neuter your pets. Spay and neuter your damn pets. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas about future podcasts, please email us at info at caninetranslators.com. That's canine translators with a K. Please like, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. Remember to always try to see them, hear them, and help them. And protect first.